0: You're listening to the 20th episode of the Have Aloha Will Travel Woo-hoo! podcast. I am your co host, Kevin Allen, with I'm me.
1: Catherine Todd Fox. We are with Hawaii Magazine and uh, 20. This That's is impressive. episode 20, they yeah. They fired us. <laughs> I know. 20? It hasn't been caught. I don't think yet. they're listening. <laughs>
0: no, not yet. Yeah. Whatever. Um, well, for our very special 20th episode, we have a very special guest with us today. Michael. Every guest
1: is special, by the oh, way. Every guest.
0: My intro was so good, Pat, <laughs> and you just had to come in D-rail. like a wrecking ball. Yep. Michael Wilson is here with us today. Hello, Michael. Hi. Do you go
2: by ni- any nicknames or are you just Mike? Uh, Michael. Mike. Michael. Uh, uh, tall man. Tall, tall man. man. Yeah.
1: You are quite tall. Yeah. You, you are very tall. How tall yeah. are you?
2: Uh six I used to be six four. I'm a little less now.
1: You're six four?
2: Wow. Yeah. You're a little less now? What yeah. happened? Yeah.
1: Age, age yeah, You shrink gravity. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Not looking forward to that as someone yeah. who How tall are you? I'm like five ten. So I'll be like five six by the time so I'm sixty. Like, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Maybe.
0: That's okay. Yeah. Um, Michael Wilson, I know what you do, yeah. but tell us, tell
1: us what are you do. Why don't you just introduce oh him? Oh, my God. You are so lazy about this. <laughs> introduce him just a little bit, and then we can go into it. Oh, my God.
0: You, know, Everyone can't see the face I'm making right now. <laughs> Michael Wilson is, desi- is the designer of the... I'm going to try to pronounce this correctly. My um, Hawaiian pronunciation is really bad. He is
1: from here, you know. I know you can't tell. My
0: Kinohimai yeah. Surfing in Hawaii exhibit... Is that correct? That is correct. Okay.
1: At the Bishop Museum. At
0: the Bishop
2: Museum. Which is
1: on Oahu. Is it the old, how old is the Bishop Museum? Uh, 1895. Wow. Oh, wow. I was born in 1995. That's right, you were. Wow,
0: that's 100 years before I was born. (laughs) I
1: was born after Bishop Museum, by the way. Oh, I was going to say, do you remember? uh, What was there before? What was there before? Yeah. Okay, anyway. your So you're designer of this exhibit that's going to mm-hmm. open on December 14th. It's yes. going to run all the way through until?
0: May the May. 3rd. Okay. May the 3rd be with you. And it's yeah. all
1: about May the... That's terrible. It's the one yeah. day okay, before stop. May the 4th.
0: Yeah. Anyway,
1: again, selfishly, we're doing this this episode yeah. on surfing. Because we both surf. We can't get over... People... Oh. No one is complaining. We just like yet. to surf,
0: so oh. we just talk to surf surfing people. Oh, good. Yeah. I have some questions then. Okay. Yeah, oh um, no, he's flipping the script. I know.
1: What are you doing? What's
0: your favorite surf spot? Oh, I can't Don't say that. Don't give it away.
1: Is it
2: secret?
0: Well, no. I mean, mine it's, is. it's in the basin, Kiwalo Basin here. Okay, that's not secret. I can't say which no, peak though, which, because it's a secret peak. Uh, uh, we a, all uh, have
1: secret yeah. places, yeah. but yeah. if we're going to say where we regularly yeah. surf. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But where's your home break? What do you My consider home break? home break?
0: Well, I mean, which home? Well, because I'm you're from I'm North Shore, Yeah, Shore. No, Hatton, but that's a home break.
1: Like, where did um, you grow up oh, surfing?
0: Oh, gosh. I don't, I really don't want to say. Oh, it.
1: okay, but you, there's no, like, you yeah. didn't grow up surfing like Khaliva or... Oh,
0: I mean, I grew up surfing at a spot uh, that's near Sunset. Okay, uh, not, don't I can't say, say, it. say which spot. I know yeah. where it is. Or else I'll get beat up, but yeah. it's near Sunset. Um, okay. It's to, yeah. It's Not Camiland.
1: No, no,
2: not alligators. He's
1: not marijuana. Not, not,
2: not
0: jacobs. It, you're yeah. <laughs> You're like right there. Some would say it's right in my
2: backyard. Okay. Um, anyway, and then what? What about uh, uh, you, Catherine?
1: Oh, I'm a Waikiki girl. Waikiki. I grew up shopping in Waikiki, Waikiki Queens. so Queens, yeah.
2: yeah. What about you? Uh, I like Maui. But oh. yes, yeah, uh, I like Cliffs because uh, it's so terrible that nobody ever goes. Oh, no, it's yes. not.
1: Oh, you mean because of the wind? Because of the so wind. So Cliffs is yeah. just so our listeners know. Cliffs is Diamond Head. Yeah. It's the it's the uh, the break that you look when you're at the Diamond Head, whatever that is, a lookout. Yeah. And, and you're looking over and you see people surfing. That middle break is called Cliffs. When I right? moved
0: to town, that was the first place I started surfing was Cliffs. But it Are always a, breaks. Yeah. Are you
1: a morning person? I am. Do you know oh. I'll show you.
2: Um, show you? Yeah. Like the soy sauce? No, not
1: the soy sauce, the guy that surfed there. He passed away a couple of oh, ago. Oh, I've seen his. He has a oh, yes, more. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah I've surfed. That, that's my crew.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm a morning oh, person. Oh, your crew, oh, sorry. Nice.
0: Are you guys both They're all
1: like in their, their 70s though, so uh-huh. like I'm not bragging here. Yeah. It's not like I'm rolling with a bunch of like retired people.
2: I can't do the mornings, I get too cold. Yeah. That's, anyway, clips. Okay. I like cliffs, I like tongs.
1: Okay. Tongs yeah. is oh, you like the wind.
2: I like the wind, yeah. I like chuns. Okay,
1: uh, Chun's is good. Yeah, I have not a while. It's too crowded now. It's too crowded. And
0: I don't like the way the wave breaks, personally. That's all me. Huh. A lot of town guys
2: I know go to Chun's. Yeah. That's what my brother said. My brother lived on the North Shore for many years in the 80s, and he said, The townies stop at Chun's. Yeah. Because right. that's yes. the first break they get to, and they go, Oh, look, this will work. And well, they go yeah. out of the car. But it's weird that they don't go to Lonnie's then. Yeah. Because that's the first break you see. Too
1: crowded. Yeah.
0: Dude, if that's too crowded, then I what think is Lonnie's Chun's?
1: Is, well, I mean, when I used to surf Chun's, it wasn't that crowded. Oh, now this this is it's going to so go insane. way over the head of so I know. People. No, that's okay. but the reason <laughs> I like Lonnie's is because there's multiple
0: different peaks. The wave doesn't, like, go all see, the way That's your thing. You
1: like places that have multiple multiple peaks because you want to be by yourself. Oh well, yeah, you
0: can just pick off whatever you want, but yeah.
1: You can tell he rides a shortboard right? Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't mind blowing up the spot. One of my home breaks is called <laughs> rubber duckies. It uh-huh. sucks. It's it's similar. It's the worst wave, so yep. no one surfs it. Correct.
2: Wait, isn't that by tabletops?
0: It's by three tables. Yeah. Yeah, it's right there, and it sucks. It's a terrible wave. But now there's a lot of people surfing it because um, there's a backpacker's place that's right across the street, and they've started telling people to surf rubber ducks. Oh, I
1: hate that. So
0: I don't care that I'm blowing it up now because I don't surf anymore. Tongs is
1: like that. So when Hans Hiedemann started taking out lessons to Tongs, because that's what they say, wherever you learn to surf is where you go back to surf, right? Mm -hmm. And so Tongs started to blow up with all these beginners, which just was so annoying.
2: All right. Anyway. All right. I know. know. We can't. No more surf talk. You're from
1: Maui originally. Yes. though, Okay, and you grew up surfing there too?
2: Uh, no, no, my brothers were big time surfers, so I, I stayed away, I was a theater geek. Uh, but I have body surfed uh, Ho'okipa a lot, even okay. on big days, so I love oh. Ho'okipa for body surfing. Maui's yes. got really good bodies. Yeah,
1: Yeah, but now, uh, the reason I asked is because this exhibit came on and yeah. you wanted to design this. Yes. Like you were like, please, please. Yes. Okay, because it's something that is. Uh, yeah,
0: let's first. Close
1: to you, we're talking about
0: the yeah. exhibit. What is the exhibit? Can you explain yeah. to us what this the the mission and the you know the role of this exhibit is serving?
2: Yeah. So, Maika uh, Nohi Mai, uh, which is the title. You said that way better. Yeah. Well, I've said well. it more than once. Um, uh Is from the beginning. Okay. Um, and so w- what that represents is that we're talking about surfing. From the beginning so what does that mean right so uh, Pele surfed so if you want to go back to before people existed um, the gods surfed and so um, and so there's that in, in Hawaiian culture and what does surfing mean to Hawaiian culture and you know there are people who say Tahiti uh, had surfing and people who say Peru or even China had surfing but if we go to the moment of of the Western contact of the world, there was no place like Hawaii. surfing was integrated into the culture. It was everybody surfed. There was legends and and uh, people whose only job was to make surfboards. it was It was built into the system and and it was from that system, that system of surfing that it is spread throughout the world. So that's the story we're telling. is the story of of how the culture of surfing in Hawaii reached a pinnacle that was then spread across the world in the mm-hmm. last couple hundred years. Wow. Oh yep. very comprehensive. That's right. This yeah.
1: exhibit is going to, so it's going to include uh, the history, obviously, yeah. but you are going to go through kind of milestones of surfing, right? I'm yes. Just, so what, what are those?
2: <laughs> what are some milestones? So, um, for example, we have, do, are, do you know who the first person to surf in California was? That's that's a milestone, right?
0: Was it the Three Princess? The Three the,
2: Princess? That is absolutely correct. Yes. Most people, if they know anything about surf history, will say George Freeth, who was an Irish-Hawaiian who became the first, long, uh, the first lifeguard of Long Beach. Oh. And he was surfing. Uh, and then Duke Honomoku brought surfing as well mm-hmm. and famously did a bunch of cool things in California with surfing. But... Um, But before either of those guys, in the 1860s, I think, 1870s, uh, the three princes, who were the three designated heirs of Kalakaua, were sent to a boarding school in Northern California. And while they were there, they shaped uh, surfboards and surfed Northern California with in i we have one of the boards that'll be in the exhibit oh really is it well, redwood
1: what is the
2: um we have two boards by prince Kahio of prince that belong to prince Kahio. one is redwood one is pine so oh, they're wow. both um they're both non-native woods we don't know for sure which one he shaped in California or mm-hmm. if you did it both of them but the pine is the one that's going to be on display wow. and it is 17 one, 17 feet oh tall <laughs>
1: how heavy is it
2: it's uh we don't we haven't weighted for a variety of reasons but it but it it's over 200 pounds i mean
1: how did they transport that
2: um you mean how did they get it from there to yeah no no no
1: from like wherever they are to the beach <laughs> yeah. in the
2: 1890s you put uh, yeah. your arm no i think probably a, a couple of of Young guys could can carry it. Um, once you're in the water, you can you can deal with it. Mm-hmm. Although, gosh, you don't want to be on the wrong side of that. Um, How did they, they
1: deal with the cold?
2: That well, he also uh, famously uh, surfed and uh, surfed in England. So really, yeah, just tough skin. T- yeah, he was. I think he was more excited about the possibility of, of trying a new break mm-hmm. than yeah. it was about the the cold. Yeah,
0: I was going to say at that point every yeah. break. There's no one surfing, so you could pioneer every single day. You
1: don't know. See, that's the thing. Like when I went to Costa Rica to surf, and we were looking at these, you know, these breaks, and no one's surfing on it. And my yep. instinct is to think, why? Like, are there, is there reef there? Is there a reason why no one's surfing? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't. I don't know how they just looked at it and thought, I'm just gonna surf it. You know, it seems so brave. It
0: seems foreign to us now because, you know, every break is so well exposed that the breaks with no one there, there's probably a reason. Right. But um, I can't even imagine looking out at a break and seeing no one, especially here yeah. in town, where every break has forty people. So you're the designer for yes. the for this exhibit. What does that mean? Are you the one? Like, so what, there what are your... two.
2: Uh, there there are two sort of roles in an exhibit that move the exhibit forward. Mm-hmm. There's the curator, and then there's the designer. So. Um, in a in in a sense, my job is to take. So the cur- well, first you have the exhibit selected and chosen, right? Okay. So we've chosen. We're going to do. And that a, happened years ago. A couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you have the the assigned curator um, or the curator who is so, who selects or self selects this. In this case, it's DeSoto Brown, oh, okay. um, who would be here, but he's not well today. Um, and he his job is to. Um, is to write the story of the exhibit. He is in charge of all the texts. He is in charge oh, wow. of, of the, the themes that the stories are being told. Mm-hmm. So if you think of it as a film, he is the, the script writer, right? Uh, My job is to find all the elements that tell that story that he wants to tell, uh, the visual, the graphic, the architectural elements that go into an exhibit um, and bring them into a sort of cohesive whole that tells the story he wants to tell. So once again, if we go to the film analogy, that analogy, that makes me closer to a director than Mm -hmm. as opposed to a writer.
1: So you had to secure all the assets or whatever is being displayed, so like that pine board you had to find that board, did you already have that at the Bishop Museum? Were they they already
0: in the museum,
1: or is
2: there a lot of reaching out? So there was, well, the first step is, you know, we start with a small select team, which is uh, uh, DeSoto, uh, myself, um, maybe a graphic designer, probably somebody from collections or ethnology who's in charge of, who would be in charge of our personal collection, um, and a couple of other people, and we kind of work out what are, where do we need to expand and contract to make this exhibit happen, and so the first question was like, what is our ex- what is our current collection of surfboards? Mm-hmm. And how can that support the show? And so uh, DeSoto Brown and myself and um, the ethnology person, Kamalu uh, Perez, all went down and we were looking at all the surfboards and we were astonished at both the breadth and the, the quality of them. Mm-hmm. And I realized at that point, we would not have to go far afield to tell the um. story. So Cahill's board is ours. We also have uh, Princess Ka'iulani's board. I didn't um, know she surfed. Oh, she was a big time surfer. Really? She yeah, was a charger. A Queen's girl. Oh. Um and uh, and she uh, she has this enormously beautiful board. Um, it's 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 like an eight foot alaya, but it is at the thickest point, it's a quarter inch thick. It goes down on the rails are like less than an eighth.
1: Wow. Like really? Yeah, yeah
2: like a sixteenth and a half uh, thick. And so and you can see I mean, I I don't know, we don't know, but it really looks. You can see her footprint in the board Mm. from where she was working it. Oh, wow. Hopefully, we'll be able to light it so it really stands out. And you can tell from that footprint, she was a regular foot. Mm. So uh, it's nice. I mean, I. Please don't... Well, you have to quote me now, but... I mean, uh, you're on mic. <laughs> I'm on mic, but I'm not saying that that is true, but mm. it's something to look at. and It's and, something
0: you yeah. can make your own story. You can ponder. Yeah, yeah you ponder. can ponder that.
2: The other thing that is definitely true is that it was repaired um, because surfboards get dinged, they right? They get dinged, man. Yeah, and this uh, nose dive hardcore, and it split right down the, the nose, and then it was repaired with Peva. So the board is koa, the peva, the peva. I don't know if you know, but they're the butterfly-shaped mm-hmm. uh, things you see in, in wood mm-hmm. craftsmanship. Oh, okay. Um, and so it has two beautiful koa peva. Uh, uh, so the board has been fixed way back, way wow. back when, wow. uh, when she
0: was surfing it. Man, that's something interesting. I never even thought about was repairing those old school, mm-hmm. you know,
2: yeah, wooden. Yeah, in fact. Duke's board that we also have on that will be on display was also repaired uh, That was a redwood plank board and you can see giant chunks of redwood. were like, oh really glued onto it. Yeah. Oh, wow That's awesome. Yeah. He took that board with him to uh, the th- 1932 Olympics when he went.
1: Wow oh, okay. yeah. So you've so, and then you move into like the modern. Yeah,
0: surfing, I was gonna right? ask. Yeah What do you yeah. guys have any modern boards from any current? Yes. champions? Yeah, yeah, line? so
2: so so if you think about Prince um, Prince Cahillo is sort of traditional board style. Duke is uh, uh, transitional because it was a period as as like modern techniques, modern woods, modern tools mm-hmm. were all coming in, and people were exploring them. Because surfers are, I find, tinkerers. Right? They're always they're always seeing how they can make it better. And so there's a guy, Tom Blake, who came in. I don't know if you've heard of him. He is. Um, there's a bumper sticker that says "Remember Tom Blake," and uh, he was the first guy who put a fin on a board. He was oh. the first guy oh. who put a sail on a board. He was the first guy who made an underwater camera so you could film surfing.
1: How do we not know this I guy? Don't know.
2: These, we got to remember him. Uh, he's a he's from Wisconsin too, so he was landlocked. He <sighs> met uh, Duke Kanamoku on the mainland and uh, got inspired. Duke said, "Come to Hawaii, I'll teach you to surf." wow that's Uh, pretty cool and he did and then became a major person who transitioned a lot of surfboards into the modern world Mm -hmm. um and then we have the modern which is if you think about once balsa came in and fiberglass came in the and and fins became standard then those boards start to look like modern boards and that starts around 1950 uh where wood goes away fiberglass comes in Mm -hmm. and we have some of the first one of the first balsa boards solid balsa wood but with a fiberglass encasement um we have um and then we have a george downing shaped uh single fin that is just beautiful it's got a copper cloth pattern on it based on a bishop museum design Mm -hmm. um and we have uh one of the early triple glassed in triple fins Mm. to talk about how and why triple fins happened and then we have um so this breadth of timeline of the board was, gonna say,
0: that was a re- that's a real timeline of kind of board development and transitions
2: yeah. um and then and yeah we have um and then we have in addition to that we have um a uh uh boards that we are tying to particular people that that we mm-hmm. feel were transformative in some way to mm-hmm. to the exhibit i mean not to the exhibit but to the world of surfing and that includes um, uh, Carissa Moore. Absolutely, uh, we have a board. We have uh, a board that Eddie uh, surfed oh, wow. uh, in Waimea, and that actually his brother Clyde Aikau, uh used in the nineteen eighty six uh, Eddie and won the contest with Eddie's board. No. So that's, that's a cool. it's a very story. That's board, a very yeah, uh, um, and that'll be on display. We have um, John John Florence's board that he also won the Eddie with and the last time the Eddie was held in 2016. Okay. Um, and I saw these that are in gifted. Were yeah. these
1: gifted and to? They went
2: from his garage to being on display. Yeah. yeah. Oh,
1: so they're on display. They're on loan, but they they're not. They they weren't donated. No, to they were museum. not donated. Okay. To you got to give
2: that board back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you
1: reached out to them, and which you know, good transition because both John John Florence and Carissa Moore, are both from you know Oahu, yeah. and they're both in contention to be on the Olympics. Uh, Chris, so, I mean Chris uh, is qualified, qualified. Yeah. John, I mean, John John is in, John contention. Is in contention Correct yeah. So I mean it's like Perfect timing for this exhibit Because I feel like People are talking about this There's so much buzz It's in-
0: insane that The surfing's going the- to be In the Summer Olympics In 2020 That is
1: In Japan In
2: Japan And uh, they're talking about uh, uh, France uh, They're going to go to Tahiti Oh
0: Like where they're going to be hold- oh, Holding the Oh you
1: to Hold the surf
2: The hold the surf contest Oh so it's, it's not going to be Held in Japan does no, I no, know, no, no! In the in the next one. Oh, in oh, the next one. Okay, sorry. I was like, okay. they're gonna,
1: gonna fly say, well, to. Well, France has yeah.
0: better surf than well,
1: Japan. No, well, I don't France. know, but not if better Japan, than Tahiti. Not better no, right, than Tahiti. Yeah. They,
0: yeah, they did in Tahiti.
1: I mean, if Japan has a typhoon, it's pretty. It's good.
2: It's great. Yeah. Uh, they're ta- The problem is that I was talking to Randy Rarick, mm-hmm. um, who is uh, uh, one of the people who helped helped with this exhibit in a variety of Oh, yeah, of ways. he should.
1: He has, yeah. he's like the... He knows everything. Yeah, the <laughs> collector
2: of all surfboards. And, and he is part of the history of surfing Correct. in Hawaii. Um, so he was saying that the, he has surfed that break, and he says the time of year, they'll be lucky to get more than oh, no. uh, ankle... Yeah, started. yeah. Which it's, is why I think that yeah. wave
1: machine thing is going to become part of the Olympics. I mean, isn't that sort of that makes part? sense? Yeah. There
2: was, a, yeah, and he was talking about that, and it was, yeah. I'm not sure why there. There was a moment where they were talking about uh, building, building it, building one, and yeah, and then it didn't. It. I think it was just too too many things to to I would work, watch, work out. I would rather yeah. watch one foot slop than a yeah. wave machine. I really
0: don't like those. Contents. I don't
1: like. I, I mean, either. They're very like boring to me. They're yeah. just
0: the same, you know.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm not a big fan of it. Yeah. But I understand in terms of in, actually... Yeah,
0: in terms of holding, like, an Olympic contest where you're just trying to measure people's skill, I can right. see that. But
1: I feel like it's going to change the way people surf. Mm-hmm. Because they're going to become very formulaic, and they're not, it's not about reading waves anymore, and it's, I don't know. We're going to have
0: a lot of Rick Keynes, you know, from North Shore. Anyway. Um The wave pool I, champion.
2: The, the, I, I, I will say that I, I think it was Carissa Moore I read in an interview saying that her dream is Madison Square Garden with a wave machine. So I mean it would these, be cool. Yeah, so you have fifty thousand people in, mm-hmm. in, in the round and then you have a wave machine there and going were, through it. Uh, so you have it becomes you know monster trucks, but but with surfing. But with surfing. Yeah. And I do
0: love like how much wave pools can progress like aerial surfing. Yeah. I think just having the same opportunity over and over again. I think it can really increase what surfers can do, but I hate it. But, there's, well, but I find I, it so boring.
2: I think there is something that that ties back in again to the to the Hawaiian culture is that there is something about surfing where you are you have to be tied into nature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't surf without without looking at the waves, without being a part of mm-hmm. the wilderness, right? Because mm-hmm. when you once you leave the shore, you are no longer in civilization. You are someplace outside, right? And there's a connection that you have to have in order to surf properly. And that leads to a sort of a, an indescribable now kind of moment, right? Where you're you're sort of you're outside of normal human. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it to be. I find. That when I watch surfers, they to me they look more like seals than humans because there's, they the way they are maneuvering through the water <laughs> yeah. is right. and they kind of like move in like a pack and, and they're yeah. positioning themselves and they're they're not they're, the the intuition has become the most dominant part of who they are so because mm-hmm. you have to think in under a tenth of a second a lot absolutely. of the time absolutely yeah uh, so and that goes away in a lot of ways when you put a,
0: a machine Correct. in charge I feel that way Which, too. Brings me to my next question. Tell me about the Surfilator, which is the digital, um, digital simulation. simulation. You guys, right?
2: So uh, it's it's pretty simple. Um, we want we needed something. So there's uh, I, I have a degree in, in interactive um, uh, technology, and mm-hmm. so I uh, it's one of my specialties. And so there's 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 a couple of problems when you're building something that moves that you want people to go on, mm-hmm. um, and one of them is safety. Another one is fun. So how do you... you? I can make something that's incredibly dangerous uh, that would work great at Burning Man where nobody cares if you almost die. Mm-hmm. Um, but but to have something in a museum where you have to have... You know, if somebody is 80 years old and they want to get on it, you have to give them that opportunity. Um, if somebody is five and they're getting on it, you have to make it safe, but also fun for both of those groups and Atlanta along the way. Um, uh, somebody who knows how to surf and understands it so it's it's the design challenge of building the actual device that you ride on was was one of the harder parts and mm-hmm. and what we settled on after a lot of uh, trial and error is um, it's a it's a industrial walk, wok W-O-K. Okay.
1: Um, what is that? Like a wok you know you cook like your fried rice in. Yeah. Oh
2: okay. Yeah. So it's a it's it's I think uh, a little over two feet uh, wide walk mm-hmm. uh is underneath and then welded to a base and then um the surfboard is on top of that walk and that allows you oh. to move around like this oh, right in all in all that
1: already seems dangerous but okay well,
2: it was it was very dangerous when we <laughs> first set it up um and then we 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 simplified and, and mm-hmm. tightened it and then on top of that uh we put a, another board on top of the walk, and in between those two boards we sandwiched a uh, Lazy Susan, so a Lazy Susan so you can spin. So you can swivel
1: around too? So you can
2: not only rotate on a walk, but you can also swivel at the same time. I'm waiting for the safety component. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. So that was the unsafe part, so uh-huh. we started with that, and then... That sounds like, really fun, though. Yeah, yeah. So, although it was, yeah, you had to be skilled, more it's skilled. like a
1: wave board. Remember those? Yeah.
2: yeah, but but it was. it's also a foot and a half off the ground, okay. so yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so what, then what we did was we put um, springs on all four points so that it, as, you, as you tilt on the walk, the spring pulls you back. So, oh. so there's this, it feels a little more fluid, mm-hmm. and then um, we put springs also on the side, so as you swivel, the spring pulls you back. So that, that both limits and adds a fluidity to the, to the movement that feels more oceany. And then we put bumper stops to stop you from swiveling too far, to top you, stop you from tilting too far. So you still have play, but it's not incredibly dangerous. And then we built a rail around it so that you can hold on to things. I see. Um, And then the whole thing, all the swiveling, um, the board itself has a sensor on it that's measuring how much it tilts in any direction at any moment. Mm -hmm. That information is being fed through a USB into a computer running a relatively simple uh 3d game environment that has a standing wave basically i see so now you have a virtual surfboard on the standing wave in front of you on a giant projection screen Mm -hmm. and that virtual surfboard is tied to the movement of the surfboard that you are standing on. that is very
1: cool is Is that modeled after
2: a real wave
0: or uh did you guys have any inspiration
2: uh i sure we'll call it pipeline okay
1: did you are you have you been on this
2: uh, it's it's what I've been doing for
1: the last fun? week. Really,
2: yeah, really. Um, so you're very good at it. Uh, I, I am the
0: best. You're in the, the world. best at <laughs> <ever. laughs>
1: Best in the world. <laughs> you're
0: the you're yeah. a pro you're virtual. You're the Olympian circulator. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, that's cool. I want to do that. I know.
0: I really I really want to do. We that. need
1: to do that and shoot a video. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Have you guys? Did you ever think about doing with the virtual reality?
2: Yes, uh, I'm a big fan of virtual reality uh, since, like, the 80s, Lawnmower Man. Oh, you know, wow. If you know...
1: He doesn't know. 80s, 95! Yeah.
2: Lawnmower Man? Look it up. Yeah, it's what the first that? virtual reality film. It's, it's a horror film.
0: Oh, it's yeah. a horror film.
2: Yeah, it doesn't go well.
0: Um, I would assume not. Yeah. Called um, something called Lawnmower
2: Man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's based on a Stephen King book, uh, mm-hmm. okay. virtual reality. Um, anyway, so, the problem with virtual reality in museum settings it ties back into what I was talking about earlier. You have to have an experience that everybody can get into. So if you and I are just sitting here and I want you to have a virtual reality experience, I would hand you an Oculus Rift. So I would say what? <laughs> yeah. And I would put it on you and then you'd be completely encased in the dark. And mm-hmm. then I have to explain to you what's going on and then hand you these tools that allow you to manipulate your way through it and explain those. Mm-hmm. So I could do that. I could do that with you. I could do it with an eight year old woman, but, um, I have to be present. So mm-hmm. you have to have some, so it's not an unmitigated experience. You have to have somebody there the entire day and they can only serve one person at a time.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, so that is very limiting for a museum experience where you have, you know, if you have a school group of 30 kids come in, one of them will get to have the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the Surfer later, and in, in if the, if they have three minutes to spend at the circulator, they could, they could run through 10 kids and the other 20 can watch them hap- happen. Whereas with a virtual reality, it's all happening. It's in all the happening in your head. You know, even if you put a screen up so people can see, it's not the same, mm-hmm. right? It's not the same experience. So it's not a shared experience. It takes a lot of explanation and they're hot and sweaty.
0: I was going to say you're sharing the, the germs and sweat with yeah. those headsets. Cause they are hot and sweaty.
2: So I tried a couple of things where I tried to get <coughs> virtual reality in and then uh, where we were just using things that you would just sort of put up to your face like a... a oh, like um, a visor Like almost. a visor. Yeah. And then you could kind of look around and it was tethered so you wouldn't walk away with it accidentally on purpose. Uh-huh. Um, the problem with that was they would, uh, they have to run eight hours. Um, mm. So they would overheat, you know, an Oculus Rift is meant to run a couple hours. Yeah. You run something for eight hours, it overheats and it breaks. Huh. Um, so that was.
1: Who that, knew all yeah. this thought going into like these exhibits? So you,
2: so virtual reality? Yes, no. <laughs> I yeah.
1: Got it. You're, what's your favorite um, part of this exhibit, personally?
2: What are you most excited about? It changes. It changes from moment to moment. Um, I love looking at. We're, we're putting up the big boards right now. Uh, we just put up Prince Cahillo's board, which is. 17 feet tall, oh my right, gosh. And it was just How do you enormous... the lip
0: with a 17-foot
2: board? Oh, it was, we had a pulley, we had five people, probably 10 people, a lot of, like, beating hearts, um, because it's a priceless artifact, mm-hmm. and we're, we're lifting it, and uh, we're angling it into the wall.
0: How do you lift something that big? Do you use machinery, or...?
2: No, no, it's all hands-on, um, oh, with, wow. uh, within protective... Uh, system so that if something goes wrong, everything's safe. Okay. Uh, but but it's human powered because then you have complete control. Control, mm-hmm. and that's that's what's important with objects like that. Man. Um. So so those boards are right now my favorite. But if you talked to me last week, it would have been the video room, which I don't know if we've talked about mm-hmm. the no, video room. Please. So uh, we did a couple of things. Well, we have this room that's about. 3,000 square feet. It's mm. the back half of the exhibit That's space. That's like five of my apartments. Exactly. Um, and, and there's going to, and we have eight projectors on one side and eight projectors on the other side. So all the wall space is being projected. Oh, wow. With 16 different projectors. And each of those sides we can present uh, videos on as a single experience. So it's sort of immersive wrapped around video, huh. and so one of the things we did was there's a GoPro called the fusion GoPro <coughs> okay. Which is shoots in 360 it shoots on both sides. Oh,
0: yes I've seen those
2: and so we went out and shot a bunch of 360 footage around Oahu So you'll be sort of immersed in this wave so it's it's great. Oh, that's
1: cool. That must have
2: been fun to do It was fun it, it takes a lot of time But yeah It was fun and then editing takes a fair amount of time and then getting all the projectors takes a fair amount of time But the, the end result is when you have this little little like um two foot wide tall wave coming at you because the gopro is is only six inches off the water it feels immense and it feels like this wave is rushing over you people will like move a little bit because they're being moved by the uh so that is the closest we have to a virtual reality because it's so incredibly immersive Mm -hmm. um and uh and we have so we have the 360 videos but we also have a lot of like uh, Bud Brown uh, was mm-hmm. one of the great filmmakers of surf films in the '50s, '60s, '70s, into okay. the '80s a little bit, and we have some video uh, footage from the Bud Brown archives, and so we had to figure out a way to show it in um, in, in, in this a
1: 360.
2: In, yeah, if you know pixels, it's 10,000 pixels wide and 800 pixels tall, so it's it's just this ginormous screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how do you divide up? How do you show a video that's only a, a, a fifth or sixth I was or eighth gonna say, of that?
0: You're going to see every single pixel if you stretch it out that big.
2: Yeah. So what we did is we'll do something like, uh, let's say, uh, like, for example, one of the shots is uh, uh, people sandboarding. Right. And so we'll take the sandboarding and we'll divide it up over time. And so somebody they'll start at the far 100 feet the screen is about 100 feet wide so we'll start at one end of the 100 feet and then the sandboard video will move across the screen so you'll start here and then he'll surf across the screen and we'll just move the video bit by bit so that part will stop and then the next part (laughs) will start that is cool and so you break up time across space mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we do a variety of things that are similar to that yeah. uh, with with sort of standard definition
0: i love how many multimedia like facets you have in your exhibit that just seems really exciting to me as someone I know. who, i mean i love displays and i love reading things but i, I really love you, like you know, the
1: immersive i like the immersive
0: and where multimedia is kind of going um, especially again like talking about vr and like video and stuff i think that's really interesting
2: yeah so yeah i think we're exploring some interesting things but i think important thing is we have 23 boards on display that, uh, in a sense, there's an argument you could say they are the greatest collection of surfboards ever because the time that they spend um, and the people that they represent are some of the greatest surfers that have mm-hmm. ever lived. That should be your tagline for your um, exhibit. <laughs> So, so the artifacts are the key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything else is there to support them, to tell the story of surfing in uh-huh. Hawaii. But, but the boards are really the, the boards, timeline. Yeah, the boards are the timeline, and the boards are, are the piece that I think will draw people. Mm. Because we don't normally have them on display, so this will be this one really? narrow window when you can come and see the boards. Wow. Yeah.
1: What kind of boards do you ride, speaking of boards?
2: Uh, I am a longboarder uh-huh. um, and not a terribly good one, but, um, but Duke Anamoku said the person who's having the most fun is That's the right. best surfer out there. So mm-hmm. sometimes I'm the best surfer out
1: there.
2: Sometimes. Oh, sorry. Sometimes I'm the worst surfer out there because I'm not having any fun. <laughs> I believe
1: that 100%. Yeah. But like, are you riding like a 10 foot board? Are you on an epoxy board? Oh, I are you see. Yeah. Uh, are you I got a faster?
2: 9 four, 3 fin triple stringer. Who shaped oh. that? Yeah. That Did a, you shape it? No, but uh, for this this project, I did uh, make a plank alaya. Oh! So I made I, I went to Home Depot because I didn't want to, <laughs> I wanted to see what could be made, and I got uh, mahogany and pine, and then I shaped it into an eight foot alaya style. Um, Have you written it? Yes, I wrote it at I've written it at uh, cliffs, and I've ridden it at um, uh, canoes. Okay. Uh, oh, and I tried to write it at at uh, tennis courts, but it, the way you need like about. Three feet before before, or I need more skill. But I need about three feet wave size waves in order to catch it. Needs to have a little power Push. behind I it. I would yeah. believe it. Yeah, and then once it goes though, I mean it's a little squirrely because there's, no there's no fin. There's no fin. But it is the, there's an experience that's unlike anything else I've ever experienced on a board because huh. there's this inertia. It's forty two pounds, <laughs> so there's forty two pounds. Gosh, you could kill someone. Yeah, exactly.
1: That. I'm like at canoes with the, okay, the good and thing no is, leash.
2: Uh, and no leash, yeah. So that's also scary, yeah. Um, and uh, and so, but the good news, for most of the part, when the, when you fall off, it just sits there, and the wave just washes over it. Oh. not like a foam board. Yeah, won't we'll get picked up. Yeah.
1: So pipe boarding is not part of this exhibit. That's something totally
2: completely different. Yes and no. We have um, we have one of. Uh, so in Prince Cajillo's time, it wasn't called Paipo. It was called, uh, they were called Papa Ili Ili, mm-hmm. which is little, little board. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have, and I, it was mostly used by kids, right? It was, a, it was a kid thing, not an adult thing. And we have one of his, uh, from his collection, probably, maybe the board he learned on. I don't know. We don't know. But mm-hmm. it, it's a little, I think, four, seven. Four, oh. No, four feet, four two, four three, I'm not sure, but uh-huh. under, uh, over four feet, but not by much.
0: And those are also, yeah, the smaller wood yeah. yeah. Just, just for the... Tombstone
2: you know, shape, if you don't know what alaya looks like, yeah, it's yeah, sort yeah. of like a similar to a tombstone.
0: Yeah. It's like a very tall tombstone. Yeah. Great. Well, I think we're kind of running out well, of
1: time here. Well, let's talk about the exhibit. So okay. it's Mai Kinohimai, surfing mm-hmm. in Hawaii um, at the Bishop Museum on Oahu from December 14th to May 3rd. Yes. Um... And you can go to bishopmuseum.org to find yes. out more information. Great. That's exciting. That is
0: exciting. I really want to go.
1: I know. We
0: got our press release about this exhibit like two months ago. And I was like, That's, this sounds really cool, but it's like October. So now I'm excited that we can finally go and check yeah. it out. And you can watch me fall off of it. I do want to watch later. you fall off this to be um, like, the I'll highlight. make it unsafe. I yeah. won't hurt myself <laughs> on
1: that. We'll let you know when we come down so okay. you can watch it. Yeah. That'll be fun. Awesome. But thank you for coming. Yes. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it. That's so much for coming down
0: and talking to us. Any
1: shout outs before we
0: Well, Well, uh, anyone doing any last minute Christmas shopping? It's not Shopify. last
1: minute. It's only the beginning of December. Dude, it's I got my
0: Christmas shopping done like mid-November. You buy
1: for three people. That doesn't count. I happen. buy six for
0: eight, eight now.
1: Okay. Which is kind of more than...
0: But Your cat like,
1: doesn't, is not included in this. Whatever. Every
0: day of her life is a Christmas present for me. Oh, my God. But we have a Christmas tree and there's nothing under it. And there's mo- nothing more depressing than I feel like a Christmas tree that has no presents under it. Okay. So I got all my presents really early to fill my Christmas That's tree.
1: That's the only reason why you got them early? Well, right. also,
0: I'm just an early shopper. But anyways... This doesn't matter. Our Shopify site. We have (laughs) ornaments on there. Our ornaments. Um, They're postcard shaped. They're very lovely. They make for great Christmas presents. We have some
1: Christmas cards by Bradley and Lily, which is a local design company. Mm -hmm. We have a bunch of posters that you can buy that make great gifts.
0: If anyone you know loves Hawaii... um,
1: Yeah, shop at our site, hawaiimagazine.com backslash shop, uh S-H-O-P, to find that.
0: Yeah, and... I think that's it from us.
1: Listen, rate, review. Right, yeah,
0: please review us. Give us five stars or one, whatever you feel like. Email us, right? If Media. we talk too much about surfing in the beginning. I know. Um, it's
1: it's all Kevin's fault.
0: It's all my fault. Say that in the comments. Yeah. Um,
1: Media MediaHawaiiMagazine.com, And then follow us on Instagram, Facebook, every place else. And then check back here.
0: Two weeks from now. I'm trying to think. Is that Christmas? No.
1: You don't even know when Christmas is and you bought all your gifts. Our
0: next our next episode, I think, is going up the week of Christmas, week so of Christmas. it might be Christmas-themed. Who knows? Maybe we'll find out one day. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> this is the worst ending to a podcast ever. It was terrible, ever. anyway. But thank you for joining us again, Michael, and thank you all for listening. All right. Mahalo. Bye.